Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. What's going on, Coastline? How y'all doing this morning? Hey, today looks a little bit different. One, because I'm really excited that uh, today is uh, Family Church Sunday. Uh, as you guys see, we got a bunch of kids in the house today. Hey, if you are in elementary school, raise your hand, give me a little woo. There's three of you. Come on, you guys make more noise than that in the kids' ministry. We got kids. Anybody here in middle school? Middle schoolers? Okay, you. I know you, and you are definitely not in middle school. I'm going to tell you right now, you got attitude like you're in middle school, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, we're hanging out with the kids this morning. Uh, this isn't because, like, our kids' ministry needs a break or anything. That's not, that's not what's going on. Uh, we just think it's important that uh, when it comes to uh, teaching about and uh, having our kids understand what's going on in church, man, it, it comes best when it's coming from us. And so this morning, uh, they get an opportunity to experience what church is all about. Um, if you're the type of person that doesn't like noise, you get distracted easily. This weekend's not probably for you. I uh, hope you come back next weekend, though. We got Easter coming up, so that's going to be fun. So we're just going to roll with it and do good old-fashioned uh, Family Church Sunday. Also, I'm excited today because today is uh, Palm Sunday. Everybody, raise your palms up. That's not the type of palms we're talking about, but um, it's Palm Sunday, and we're going to celebrate. Uh, that and talk a little bit about here this morning. As I finish up this series, we started just a couple weeks ago called Push. How many of you guys have been here for all the uh, past two parts of the series? Awesome. That's great. Um, if you missed any of it, you can check it out on YouTube or on our church website. It's all online. Also with that, I want to take a second and uh, welcome all the people that are tuning in online. If you're at home uh, or if you're watching on vacation, wherever you're from, thanks for checking us out and doing church online. I think it's a great tool, and you guys are just as much as part of the church as all we are sitting here in person. So past couple of weeks, I've been talking about this series called Push, and we've been talking about living life outside of comfortable. You know, we live in a culture today where we value our comfort. We want things to be easy. We want things to be right now. Uh, we want to, you know, you can literally, I, even the other day I'm sitting in my, in uh, my house and I was able to order a sandwich and some sweet lady brought me a sandwich to my house, like within 30 minutes. It was crazy, right? It was the easiest thing. I paid like $40 for the sandwich, but I'm just kidding. It wasn't that much, but I was like, but we live in a world where like comfort and ease and is, is something that's definitely valuable. But based off of what I see Jesus teach in the Bible, based off the people that he brought around him, I, I don't know if comfort is as valuable as what we put it on today. You know, I've been able to kind of connect in this series, of, obviously with the graphic, but also the things that I like in my life. Uh, fishing, I think uh, my time and I spend fishing, I feel like God and the Holy Spirit shows me a lot about what it means uh, to continue being a follower of Christ but also he shows me things uh, that help me through uh, as we continue to follow him, as we continue to go through these challenges of life. It's cool to see also that Jesus, when he started his ministry, one of the very first things he did is he brought these guys around him, this community of, of, of guys that, that were called the disciples. And the first four that he brought on, these guys were fishermen. 
There were guys that had characteristics that, that they, they worked hard. They weren't afraid of, of dirty work. Uh, they, 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 weren't afraid, they never gave up. These were guys, these were characteristics that Jesus wanted of people that were around him. So we've been learning and listening and figuring out how can we apply some of these same things to our own life. And so week one, we talked about pushing past what's comfortable. Last week, I brought up this uh, huge push pole that I use on my boat, and I talked about uh, the, the tools that God's given us, the tool that Jesus, use, that Jesus uses to, to correct and change and push us around. And I illustrated it. Uh, it looked a lot like uh, maybe what a shepherd's staff would. You know, there's two parts on it. If you miss that, you can go next week. And this week, I want to take the next step and jump into the power of perspective. And so if you're all right with that, I'm going to pray for us, and we're going to jump right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the families that you've blessed us with. I thank you for these uh, young people. God, I thank you that, uh, that you've given us the, the ability to, to pour in them and to teach them. And uh, God, as we see them grow up and is that happening way, way too soon, I pray that you would continue to charge us to prepare them for the world that you've called them to. God, I pray that uh, you allow us to be the, the best pastors and the best teachers as their parents that we can be, God. And I pray that uh, as we look in your word, Jesus, as we look at these stories of you, I pray that you would teach us as the sons and daughters that we are. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Hey, if you're a mom and your kid makes noise, I don't want you to feel awkward or weird at all. Uh, when I was in church and I was that kid's age, man, I was like climbing underneath people's pews and I was eating gum that I definitely shouldn't have been eating. And, and so if you feel any type of anything, just don't. Just roll with the punches. It's no big deal. You're not going to bother me or bother any of us around here. That's how life, life is. So today I want to specifically start out uh, in the story uh, in the book of Luke, verse, chapter 19. Uh, this is after, this is towards the end of Jesus' ministry. As we celebrate Palm Sunday today, what Palm Sunday is talking about is the time in which Jesus, after doing his ministry for years, gets his disciples to come together and they say, hey, we're going to go to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem was like the Mecca. It was like the capital. It was, if, when it comes to the Jewish faith, this is where everything happened. This was like uh, Washington, D.C. for Bible times, okay? How many of you guys taken a trip to Washington, D.C.? Probably in middle school or elementary school. Dave, you just did one real recently, right? So this is like going to Washington, D.C. almost, so Jesus gets his disciples together. In chapter 19, verse 28 from, the, um, from, from Luke, it says, Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. As he came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two, di two disciples ahead. And so here's Jesus with his 12 disciples, and he's probably got other people in tow outside of that. But he's walking ahead of them, and they're making their way to Jerusalem. In verse 30 of that same chapter, it says that Jesus directs them. He says, go into the village over there, and as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied, and there will be no one or, uh, tied there that no one has ridden. So it's this donkey. It's young. It's a colt. No one has ever ridden it. <clears throat> if anyone asks you why are you untying the colt, just say the Lord needs it. Now, I want to illustrate this for a second. You know, these are a couple of guys that Jesus, that he, they've followed Jesus for many years now, and they've gotten to the point where they've done uncomfortable things. They've got to the point where Jesus has said, hey, I want you to take this step of faith, or I want you to go do this, and it doesn't make sense right now, but just trust me and understand, I know what I'm talking about. I want you to go do this, and if this happens, I want you to respond in a very specific way. 
for us, it gets a little bit tough because there's like zero control in this when it comes to the disciples whatsoever. They just, okay, Jesus, I'm trusting in you. I'm going to look through your perspective, what you have. Now, kids, imagine this. Imagine if you're these, imagine if you're the people that own this donkey. We don't have, no one here has donkeys, right? You guys have any donkeys at home? Some of your rooms probably look like you have a donkey at home, but you probably don't have any donkeys at home. But imagine this. Imagine if two guys come up into your yard this Sunday, and they're like, we're going to take your bike or a scooter. Anybody here got a bike or scooter? A couple people do. Or if you're an adult here, maybe it's your truck. Someone shows up at your house, and they're like, hey, I'm getting the keys to your truck, and I'm taking it. We're probably putting up a fight, right? We're probably never like, hey, no, that's not, that's not happening. Now imagine if to- someone told you that you're going to be the person to go take someone's bike or take someone's truck, right? There'd be a lot of angst with that. That'd be, that'd be a pretty uncomfortable thing to do, wouldn't it? Like, I don't want to go to jail. I don't want to get beat up. So here Jesus says, hey, I want you to go into this town. I'm going to tell you that there's going to be a donkey that's never been ridden, and I want you to grab it and bring it to me. And so these disciples, they go, and obediently they find this donkey, and the, the family comes out and says, what are you doing? And they say, well, let me read it. In verse 30, it says, he says, go into the village. The Lord needs it. And in verse 32, it says, so they went, and they found the colt just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owner asked them, why are you, take, why are you untying this colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord, the Lord needs it. Here we are, these disciples, they took the step of obedience. They did this. They stepped out of what was comfortable because they had seen time and time and time again that Jesus could be counted on, that they could put their faith in him, that he knew what he was talking about. And so when it came, to, came time to do this, they, they understood it doesn't matter what we see. It doesn't matter what it looks like from our perspective. It matters what it looks like from Jesus' perspective. You know, um, one of the things I, I, I've learned about fishing in the past uh, few years doing it, especially fishing with buddies, is perspective uh, me, has, has great value. Typically when I'm fishing, I, you know, I've got, there, there's two guys. I think we've got a picture of it. Preston, if you can post it up, I think there's a picture of a boat or something you'll see on it. Fishing normally this way takes, it's a team sport. You've got a guy on the front and you've got a guy on the back. And many times the guy on the front, he can't see what the guy on the back can see. Because see, the guy on the back, he's got a wider field of view. He's also up like three feet in the air. He can see far greater and far better than what the guy on the front can. And so many times when I'll be fishing with a buddy, that I might be on the front of the boat and he's on the back of the boat. And he said, hey, there's, there's a fish over here at, at 3 o'clock, two or three boat lengths out. And, and, I, and I'll be like, I, I can't see it, man. I can't see anything. And there's many times where you just, I just got to trust him. He says, man, I can see it. It's at 3 o'clock. And you make a cast. And sure enough, there's a fish there. You ne- never saw it the whole time. But because he had the perspective that I didn't, because he had a better perspective of what was going on, we were able to catch fish. I think many times that's the same thing that what happens in our relationship with Jesus. Sometimes Jesus is saying, hey, there's, there's a fish over here or there's something over here I need you to pursue. I need you to look in this direction. I need you to start taking steps this way. And we're like, we, we don't see it. I don't see how this is going to work out. 
I don't see how this is going to be good for, for me or for my family. But Jesus, because he's got the right perspective, he says, no, no, if you'll just, if you'll just trust me, if you'll just do it, I promise you, it'll work out. These guys, the disciples, they've seen this happen with Jesus time and time and time again, and so they just, they just trust him, and they say, okay. And they go and they get this donkey, they bring it to Jesus, and then Jesus is going to ride this into Jerusalem. Perspective, perspective is a big deal. So in verse uh, 35 of 19, it says, so they brought the colt to Jesus, they threw their garments over it for him to ride on, and as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And then we reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives. All the followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. This is where we get the name of Palm Sunday as these as these Israelite people, as these Jewish people are, are celebrating Jesus coming into Jerusalem. Now, the reason that they were celebrating is because there had, been, there had been a prophecy that was foretold that a king would come and free them. A king would come and liberate them. And, and as they were currently under Roman occupation, as they were controlled by the Roman government, as they saw Jesus, this man that had done so many miracles, as he's coming into Jerusalem, they can't help but think this is the king to come. They're celebrating. They're excited. But even in how he did it, there's some power and perspective. See, in the book of Zechariah, just, I mean, this would have been years and years before Jesus was even born. It was prophesied that the king would come in on a young colt, a young donkey, would ride into Jerusalem. And so even as Jesus told the disciples, hey, go get this young colt, he understood he had, a big, he had a bigger field of view than what they did and the reason why he was doing what he was doing. Perspective is a big deal. I think many times, uh, whether it's because of the culture we live in or because uh, you know, majority of us are control freaks. Uh, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm myself. I'm. Uh, I'll say I'm. I have problem with control as well. We get into this habit of if, if we can't see it, if we can't physically touch it, then it's real tough for us to to take that step towards it. And I think that as we progress in a relationship, or for some of us that are starting a relationship with Jesus. For those of us that are growing and taking our next step, I think part of what he wants us to see is like, sometimes you just got to trust me. You got to understand that I see more than what you see. Just trust that I've got the right perspective. Sometimes he uses this to adjust our path and to change us, and, and sometimes it doesn't even feel good. You know, I think a lot of times that we think that when when we get correction from Jesus or when the Holy Spirit corrects us, it's, it's like done in this very precious moments, like uh, super soft and simple way. But that, the problem with that is that's not, that's not the type of person that we see who Jesus was when he was here on this earth. Jesus definitely, definitely communicated 
out of love, but there was many times where when it came to correction, when it came to changing things, he used a little more blunt of an approach. And so right after this, after coming into Jerusalem, we see that in chapter 19, verse 45, it says, Jesus entered the temple. This is, this is where, where the, the, the temple in Jerusalem was. This is where the inside would have been where the holiest of holies would have been. And as he goes into the courtyard, it says that he begins to drive out the people that were selling animals for sacrifice. He said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple would be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And so we see this, this time where very blatantly Jesus gets, gets a little riled up and he starts kicking people out of the temple. Many people believe it's because there was cheating going on when that happened. The, 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 inner co- the, the courtyard of the temple uh, looked less like what it, was used, what it was supposed to be used for. It looked a whole lot more like maybe what Oak Hill Flea Market looked like. Jesus said, no, no, if you live in Oak Hill, no, I'm not trying to get on you. Just y'all been to the Oak Hill Flea Market. You know what it looks like, right? So they got the Oak Hill Flea Market going on in the temple courts. Jesus said, this, this isn't what it's supposed to be. So very clearly, he drives them out. He pushes them because he understands, like, the perspective that they have. Their vision got so narrowed that they didn't understand what the purpose was for what he had given them. I think sometimes things happen in our life that are, that are pretty blunt. They're uncomfortable. They're hard to deal with. And, and many times we say, well, the enemy's just trying to, the enemy's trying to get at me. The enemy's trying to mess my life up. But sometimes maybe it's Jesus saying, like, this ain't the enemy. I'm, I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to help adjust you. I'm trying to help focus you. I'm trying to get you to understand that, that what I see is different than what you're seeing right now. And I've got I've to focus your perspective just a little bit. Years before this day, as the disciples were following Jesus and as they were just trying to figure it out, as they were just trying to see as he was teaching them, they were trying to understand the things that he was teaching. There came a day in which as he's preaching, the teaching comes to an end and he sends them on, after, on without him. And he says, I'm going to go spend some time in prayer. The book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, immediately after this, after Jesus was teaching, Jesus insisted that the disciples get back into the boat across to the other side of the lake while he sent the people back home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray, and night fell while he was there alone. Verse 24 says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy, heavy waves. But about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, comes towards them, walking on the water. Any of you kids, you guys ever walked on water before? Not, not yet. You guys should go try it after this. Go to your pool. Just try to take a running, just run as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah, you can step on it. You're going to sink real, like a rock. I'm going to tell you what. Yeah. 
Miss Erica and I were watching last night uh, Fails of Boat Tubing. If you guys ever want to laugh, that's pretty. I pretty much saw a guy cartwheel on water yesterday. That was spun. Head. It was, that was funny. But Jesus comes and he comes out to them in, in the midst of their trouble. Three o'clock in the morning. They've got to be tired. They've got to be afraid. He's walking on the waters. And when the disciples saw him, it says that they were, they were afraid. They just didn't understand. But in 27, it says that Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. And I can't help but thinking as they hear his voice, they understand maybe this is, maybe this is Jesus. We can't really see him quite well enough, but we've never seen anybody walk on water before. We've seen Jesus do many, many miracles. Maybe this just happens to be him. Peter calls out to him. He says, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus replies. I can't help but think in this moment that, that Peter, the, the fisherman that he was, the, the, the man that would work hard and wasn't afraid to get dirty and wasn't, wouldn't give up for anything, Maybe he wasn't very educated or anything. He's, he's the only one in the boat that has this idea of saying, well, Jesus, if, if you're doing it, I've got faith and I trust in you, and if it's really you, then, then tell me to come out to you because I, I want to be a part of this with you. I want to I see the world from your perspective. So it says Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. We, we know what happens next in the story, but I feel like so many times we skip over this one part that Peter, outside of Jesus, is the only man to ever have walked on water. And it all happened because he put his faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone. He said, I don't care about science. I don't care about what these people on the boat think about me. I don't care about the wind and the waves, Jesus said for me to come and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. And because he did it, he stood on the water, at least for a little while. Verse 30 says, but when he saw the strong wind and he saw the waves, he was terrified and he began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He says, you have... You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. I, I love this story for a couple of things. One is, if, if Peter can do it, if Peter can have faith enough to, to, to do it just for a little while, to follow Jesus, to point to have, to be able to do a miracle, then I think, I think that's fantastic, and I think it gives hope for me. It allows me to continue to put faith, strengthens my faith for what Jesus has for me. But, but the second part of that, many people read Jesus say, you have so little faith, and they think, man, Jesus is getting on him. Jesus is saying, but, but what I see is, is not that Jesus is putting his thumb on him or saying, man, you messed up. What I see is that, that Jesus 
wanted to be his cheerleader in that moment. Because what Jesus wanted him to do was to be able to continue put his faith in him and to trust in him and to, to walk out on the waves and for him to experience this miracle that no one had ever experienced before. If he would have just focused, kept his focus on the perspective that Jesus had of him. But his perspective shifted. And he looked at the wind and he looked at the waves and he started to sink. Coastline, today the, the thing I want to challenge you with and ask you to do is to shift your perspective. To look at your life through the lens of Jesus. To try to think the way that he would think. To take steps of faith when the Holy Spirit tells you to, to do something, you're like, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't, this doesn't sound right. To continue to put your faith not in your own self, not in your own perspective and what you see, but put your faith in Jesus. Because as you do this, he... He wants you to succeed. Coastline's coming up on, on six years now, which is a big deal. When Eric and I started, started Coastline, it was, it was out of a huge step of faith. We were at a place where people told us, out, out of love, said, I, I don't know if you can do this. I don't know if this is a very expensive thing to do. I don't know if you're going to have the money to do this. I don't know if you've got people that can do this. This is going to be tough on you. This is going to be tough on your family. This is going to be tough on your relationship with your wife. And everything they said made perfect sense. We, we didn't have a bunch of money in the bank account. We didn't have anybody come in and, and, and write a big check or anything like that. That's not... We just took a step of faith. We just said, God, I, f I feel like I've heard your voice in this and it doesn't make sense to everybody else. If, if I think about it in the logic that is the life I live now, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But if you tell me to do it, I'm gonna look through your perspective. And because of it, God's blessed us in a, in a huge way. Every time, you put your faith in him and look at your life through his lens. If you'll see it from his perspective, it'll be far greater than where you're at right now. I think for everyone in this place, it, this probably means something a little bit different. Whatever your faith step is, whatever the thing he's wanting you to get out of the boat for, might be a different thing than what it is he's trying to get me to do. Because the people that he's put in your path that he wants to use you for reaching and showing his love to are, are different people than I have access to. Different people than Erica's got access to or Megan's got access to. But Peter, after walking on the water just for a little while, after seeing Jesus did what he did, after Jesus comes and comes back after his death and recharges him, he goes on to start the early church. This fisherman that was nothing but a blue-collared guy, not smart enough, 
didn't have the right social connections, just didn't give up, wasn't afraid of a little hard work, and understood he had to see it through the lens of Jesus. That's part of the reason that we're here today. And I'm thankful for what he did. So today as we celebrate Palm Sunday, I want to challenge you to understand that Jesus wants to do something similar through you. He wants to use you in a bigger way than what you can even imagine. But it doesn't happen from staying in what's comfortable. It doesn't happen from just, just trusting what you can see. But if you're shifting to out of fear and into faith and out of your perspective and through the lens of Jesus, he wants to do something amazing through you. And so my prayer for you today is that as we live out this calling, as we live out this challenge that he's called us to, that we would see him move mightily in our lives and our families and our little ones that we're here with today. I want to invite you to do something as we get into this Easter season. This next week, this is going to be one of the very few days of the year in which people that don't normally go to church will come to church. When it comes to Coastline, when it comes to bringing people to church, when it comes to me, I'm trying to introduce people to Jesus, I, I don't necessarily want people that go to another church. If you got friends that they go to Edgewater Alliance, man, Edgewater Alliance is a great church. Don't invite them to Coastline. If they go to Calvary across the way, man, Calvary's a great church. Don't invite them to Coastline. If they go to Beachside Baptist, Beachside Baptist is a great church. Don't invite them to Coastline. But you got people in your life that they don't go to church anywhere. And if this week you'll take a step of faith and push past what might be comfortable and just say, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? I'll save a seat for you. Or we can go out to lunch afterwards. It, it might be the very thing that they need to be able to find Jesus for the very first time. I'm not saying that out of wishful thinking. I'm saying that because I'm married to a woman who her mom and dad only took her to church for Christmas and Easter. But because of one of those times of getting invited, of someone saying, will you come to church with me? She met Jesus, and Jesus changed her life forever. And even through that, she continues to let him change my life. All because of an ask. And so today, it's, it's two things. One is, I believe Jesus is calling you to step out of the boat on something and trust in him. Put your faith in him. See it through his perspective. And the second thing I want to challenge you to do is invite someone to church on Sunday. I think if you do one of those two things, it has the opportunity to change the world that we live in for the better. It, it, it gives us the opportunity to change the world that these little kids are going to be growing up in for the better. Kids, I'm thankful for you guys coming to Family Church on Sunday. It's been great to have you. You guys did a great job, by the way. Can we give them a hand? Today is a day of celebration. We celebrate the fact that because of Jesus, 
we're able to live in freedom. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today and you feel like you're experiencing life outside of freedom, maybe you feel like you've been captive by something or you're bound by something and you need freedom today, I want to challenge you to just raise a hand up and put it right back down. No one's looking around. It's just between you and Jesus. You're just saying, Jesus, you know the thing that's holding me back. You know the step of faith I need to make. As I raise my hand, I'm, I'm giving this over to you. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds. If you feel him tugging on your heartstring to step out of what's comfortable, today the first step you take is to just raise your hand and say, Jesus, I'm, I'm going to do what you want me to do in this situation. Jesus, I thank you so much for all that you're doing in our lives, for what you've called us to, what you're challenging us with. God, I pray that in these moments that are that are tough to understand what you're trying to get us to do, I pray that we would put our faith 100% in you and you alone. That we wouldn't try to be thinking of what our own logical minds can understand, but we would see that you're on the back of the boat, that you're on high, and you're trying to direct us, and you see things better than what we see them. So this morning we put our faith and our trust in you. We thank you that the best is still yet to come. I pray that you would put that person in our mind right now who we're supposed to invite to church this next Sunday. I pray that you give us the courage to do it. I thank you so much for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.